Welcome to The Kelly Roach Show, the place for no fluff, easy to implement, 20 minute or less business and leadership lessons to help you build a sustainable business that scales, lead with integrity and create a lasting legacy. I'm Kelly Roach, former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive turned eight figure entrepreneur. Let's get started. She's back. I brought Danielle Ceballos back because I got so much feedback from you guys that you love the dialogue and the conversation and the topics that were coming up. So Danielle's going to make a regular appearance here on the Kelly Road Show. Hey, Danielle. Hey, how are you? Hi. Happy it's to have good. you back. I'm not a special guest anymore. I'm just You're not a-, a special guest anymore. Once you've made two consecutive appearances so close to one another, you go from being a special guest to a regular. Yeah, you know what? I'm a. I actually, I don't know if you remember this. Like when I first started working for you, I did a whole series where I interviewed the team. Yes. So I feel like I've been I've been running this show for a long time. I mean, you've pretty much just been running the show. I mean, that's. I mean, this is basically my podcast. This is now people are finding out the real secrets. Yes. Yeah. There's like four episodes with me and like 890 with you. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's totally it's totally me. You're just handling business. It's what you do. Yeah. It's what you do. (laughs) It's what you do. Yeah. Back. We're talking. So what do you think? What have people been uh, asking you about lately, Danielle? What are some of the things you feel like we should share with people today? So, you know, I recently changed roles in the company and then people always are like, wait, what do you do? And like, how, like, how, how, like, they're super confused because obviously, you know, for so long, we just had the coaching had roles within the coaching company, like all different roles in the coaching company. And then this year, there's like, whoa, there's like a hundred different companies. And so people are like, wait, you you are in a marketing agency and there's a networking and you work for Kelly Roach International, but that's different now. So why don't you kind of break down like the journey, the journey to the many? Yeah. And I think it's really important to understand that this did not happen overnight and that this was a multi-year process. I think trying to do too many things at once is super dangerous in business. And like, I'll use the example of the conviction marketing agency. You know, we built that behind the scenes completely organically. No one knew that it was even like in existence for like almost a year. And we did not break it out as a separate company until a year and a couple months into running it. Actually almost coincided with the year anniversary, I think, because I believe it was October to October. Um, Mm -hmm. Wasn't it, Danielle? About a year. Yeah. Um, It finally got to the point where we had enough proof of concept. We had validated market distinction. uh, We had a set kind of um, position in the market where we could really clearly articulate the gap that we were filling and we were seeing repeatable success. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those were a lot of the elements that went into us then saying, okay, this is ready to break out as its own company, coupled with the fact that Lynn and Danielle had been able to run it as a separate company, not requiring um, my involvement or leadership. And, you know, one of the things that we teach about so much, especially in legacy leaders, is just the importance as a business owner of ultimately building a self-led, self-run companies and teams. And, you know, for me, obviously, I'm a very young person. I have no intention of stopping working. Probably I, I could almost guarantee I will work into my 70s because 
my reason for being on the planet is contribution. And so I'm not, I'm not working to retire. That's not, you know, a goal of mine. However, I want to be able to extend my impact without it requiring more of me. And when we looked at our North Star as a company, which we use in virtually every conversation that we have, right, Danielle? You guys are real real sick of hearing about that, but it's so important. We want to be the number one business education and leadership development organization in the world. And that means that we create solutions to move society forward through entrepreneurship, period. Every single thing that we do is looking at the different elements of how do we help entrepreneurs thrive, which ultimately to me, when I look at like my the, the God-given calling that I have, I believe that entrepreneurship is a gift that can allow families to change trajectories and not just for the entrepreneur, for the entrepreneurs that work inside those companies. And so, you know, for us, you know, we've had successes and we've had fails, absolutely. Um, And we've had things that have worked and things that haven't worked. But once we identify that we have proof of concept on something, and we can get it to the point where uh, it can have its own functioning ecosystem. It can attract, serve, and convert clients successfully independently. And it has uh, established leadership. We know then that it's time to break out as its own company. And so we did that in this past year with four uh, additional entities, all coming from kind of different directions, right? So like, the agency was built inside for over a year and it was already a self-led company, but it wasn't its own company. So it was kind of an obvious thing like, okay, it's time for this to be its own company. It already is. Um, whereas, you know, with my personal brand, you know, obviously Danielle was my right hand person in the coaching company. And, um, you know, we got to the point that where it was really time to say like, okay, how do we want to scale the coaching company from, you know, 10 million to a hundred million, whatever that strategy is going to look like. But what I really realized for myself is that that's not the entirety of me. That doesn't really encompass me, the human. Um, and again, I want to look at shifting society forward through entrepreneurship. And there's so many different elements of that. And, you know, Danielle obviously was, was, so huge as my right-hand person in the coaching company. But for both of us, our skill sets align more with the innovation and the the market-facing element of things versus the internal operations, which is why we brought in talent that could do those pieces and kind of take our work and pass the baton and allow us to keep doing our work in the world, right? Um, so getting Danielle into this new role, getting you, Danielle, into this new role was really about allowing you to take everything that you learn and now continue to apply it to, again, shift society forward through entrepreneurship and express your creativity and innovation and all of that. So I don't know if that answered your question or not, Danielle. Yeah, I mean, I think like <laughs> sort of, sort of ish, not you know. Um, you can ask I, me more questions if I didn't answer yeah. the real question. So we had the coaching company, and I think it was it was it nine years before about ten years, yeah, ten years where that was the one thing, right? And really, for most of that, ninety percent of that one thing was sold externally to the market. Yeah. I know that at the beginning there were some iterations. Um, we did start the marketing agency, honestly, a little reluctantly. People asked us to do that for a long time. Yes. Um, we were just like, no, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's a lot. It's, it's more than we want to do. We just didn't have the bandwidth. And so we did it on the DL really quiet. I, literally, I was like, let me just text a few people. And I texted a handful of 
people that we knew that I was like, I know they'll say yes today. And that's how we started. We had no team. Yeah. We had nothing. Um, and I don't know that at that point there was any grand plan for it. it. I think in your mind, you were like, just don't tell me about it. I just don't want to know what's yeah. happening. If it makes money, great. If not, whatever. I don't want to be bothered with that. And and there was no expectation. There was no like big master plan of like, this is how we're going to dominate and build this agency. And it just sort of grew um, really naturally and profitably and without a ton of stress. I mean, yeah. in agency, there was definitely some stuff that we had to work out. But um, what was great about that was that we didn't have to have it perfectly planned out. Like We really could figure out... And I don't know if you remember this. There's a lot of time where we took on clients. We're like, we don't really want to do this. This isn't the type of client. It was this iteration of like, what do we really want to offer? I I would come back to you multiple times and be like, I just... I'm not like 100% yet. I'm not 100% on like what our positioning is and what I really want to hone in on. You know, this is how I started my business originally. And this is how we started the agency. I was like, yes, I just said yes. So like, we will do that for you. And the beauty of doing that sort of inside the coaching company without anything external was that it gave us some time to just figure it out so that when we did kind of go market facing, it was like, oh, we know what we're doing. We have results and we're super clear. So that was sort of one thing. Your personal brand, that came out so differently because yeah, your personal brand for 10 years was really the coaching company. Yeah. And, and there was zero separation. And I know for you, that was something you wanted to break out. Why don't you share a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, that was huge for me because like ultimately I live everything that I teach. So, you know, I'm building entities that can ultimately be sold, not with a goal of selling, but because I, I want to continually experience the full cycle of entrepreneurship. And I think that's a really important part of being a mentor and teacher in the spaces, you know, being able to participate. That's why doing the acquisition of the advance this year was huge for us because I had never experienced acquiring a company. And even just having that experience of acquiring a company, um, you know, even though I was an investor in it because I was a silent partner and because I was not a managing partner. I had no influence over what was actually being done in the company. I had no influence over decisions that were being made, the profitability, the way that the structure was being run, the offer, the, you know, I had no influence over anything. So it was just the same as if we were taking on an outside company that we never knew because none of the things that I would have done were done in that way. Right. I just, I was, I was, that was not my role in the company doing that acquisition was key for us to have the experience of doing an acquisition. And I say to Danielle all the time, like selling a company is key to have the experience of selling a company. For me, so much of life is about experiences. And with the personal brand to answer your question, Danielle, yeah, like the the coaching company and teaching business had been my personal brand for my first, you know, 10 years. And especially because most of that 10 years I was working full time still there was absolutely no room to be like building multiple brands, right? I was working full time, had a young daughter. I was trying to prioritize family. It's why I don't, you know, travel all over the world speaking. It's why I don't, you don't see me attending masterminds and events and conferences and all those things, you know, because, you know, the age that Madison is and as she gets older, that will change, right? But um, I realized that, you know, Teaching business is such a small piece of what I want to bring to the world and what my message is for people. And the essence and the core 
of who I am and what I really want to bring to the world is, you know, faith and family and freedom. And I just so happen to believe entrepreneurship is an incredible vehicle for allowing you to put your family first and creating freedom and, you know, deepening and strengthening your faith. But I also believe that in and of itself, it's inadequate. It's inadequate. And, and I also believe that in a business coaching and consulting environment, that you have to be a hundred percent focused on doing that and doing that exceptionally well. Our goal is for the business advisory, which for those of you that don't know, we rebranded Kelly Roach Coaching as the business advisory. And we did that because Kelly Roach Coaching used to be Kelly Roach the coach. We rebranded as uh, the business advisory because now it's a team of strategists and it's for the most part a self-led company. You know, obviously with Crystal as the the president, and then she has her vice president team underneath her. I still come in and coach, but I'm one of the coaches, uh, not the coach. But in its essence, I realized how important it was to break out my personal brand. One, because that will stay with me for the rest of my life, no matter where I go and what I do. And two, because I really want to be able to bring the essence of who I am as a person to more of what I'm sharing with the world and what I'm sharing with the market. And that doesn't all fit in the context of business alone. And what I don't want to do is I don't want to water down what we're doing with the business advisory because we want to be the gold standard in business coaching and consulting in the world of entrepreneurship. And so I want to allow that entity to be completely clean, completely focused, completely dialed into exactly what the purpose and focus is and like have this separate space uh, for me. And that's why I created The Inevitable Millionaire, uh, which is really about beliefs. It's about faith. It's about deepening and strengthening your spirituality and your gratitude practice. It's about understanding that, you know, money is an energy and understanding the energetics of wealth building. And it's really about the developing the championship mindset that is the underlying determining factor of your life. My vision and my goal is that like ultimately the inevitable millionaire over a period of the next 10 years, um, you know, becomes prominent enough that the people that end up doing business coaching with the business advisory have already had the experience of the inevitable millionaire and are in a much greater state of receiving. I have definitely identified that many people that spend tens of thousands of dollars on on business coaching think that they're in a state of being ready to receive. They think they're in a state of being ready to grow, but in fact, they're not. And there's nothing a business coach can do to change that. You have to do that work on yourself. You have to do the inner work in order for the outer uh, you know, things to manifest. So whether someone does that work through me or they do that work on their own or through someone else, the work has to be done. Um, and and that's, you know, that's a big part of the message with the personal brand. Yeah. And I think that it's important. And this just for those of you who are at a stage maybe where you do have a specific niche business and you want to keep that going. You know, it's, you know, we always say when we talk about your personal brand, business will always be like deeply ingrained in your personal brand. It is something you're passionate about. You'll never, especially, you know, with our highest level clients, we just came back from legacy leaders. Like you'll never stop doing those things. It's always going to be part of you. But like you said, it's one piece of you. And I think it's so critical when founders realize I actually just had this conversation with the legacy leaders with multiple of them and just said, you know, every founder needs a significant personal brand that's separate yeah. from their um from their business. And this is why our agency does what it does, because 
you will want more. You will want different. You Absolutely. will want change. And as you build out your personal brand, yes, right now it's the inevitable millionaire. And we always say like the inevitable millionaire for you is really like your passion project. It's like exactly. just what you want to teach, how you want to teach it. Um, if you guys don't know, we'll put the link in the show notes. It's completely yeah. different than anything else we do. It's much, there's a little business, a little money in there still, you know, you're like I said, you're never going to get away from that, but it's really about, um, becoming the person that, you know, your dreams require you to be and yeah. dealing with some of the stuff that might be holding you back. Yeah. It's an entirely different thing that if you know, Kelly, in this very, uh, strategic business way, you're probably going to be very surprised by yeah. some the things she's teaching there. But I also know, you know, you want to write more books. Now you're, you know, as Madison's getting older, you're willing to do more speaking, you know, than you have been in the last few years. Uh, We want to grow the podcast. And those are really all tied to kind of the legacy you want to leave. They're not necessarily immediately monetizable, like the coaching company is, but you know, long-term. And the really important thing that I think is the lesson for everyone is, you also know yourself enough to know that in five years from now, you might want to do something totally different <laughs> that you don't exactly. even know. And well, I know, no, I know myself well enough to know five years from now, I will want to do something totally different because I'm going to keep growing. Mm-hmm. I have no intention of being the same person five years from now that I am today. I have no intention of being the same person. And, and I think it's, it goes back to the point that you just made, Danielle, about every founder really needing a personal brand. Like, if you're doing business the right way, whatever you're building today, you will ultimately sell. Mm-hmm. The only other alternative is that you're going to give it away or shut it down and get nothing for it. Your business is the number one asset that you have, and it should be the thing that ultimately funds your lifestyle down the road, right? So building a personal brand over a period of years is like the most crucial thing. But also one of the main reasons for us why we, you know, broke you out, Danielle, um, and why we built the personal brand and separated it out, you know, last year, the end of last year, um, was that the more that a founder focuses on building their personal brand, the easier it is to grow everything else that they do. The less that you focus on personal brand, the harder it is to sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, the easier you want it to be to make sales in anything that you build, the more that you want to focus on personal brand. And that's why, you know, if you look at the top of the funnel, you know, the top of the funnel is your personal brand. It's discoverability. Um, it's, it's your PR, it's your podcasting, it's your speaking, it's your books. It's, it's all of, you know, those things up at the top of the funnel. If you're focused all the way down at the bottom of the funnel, uh, it's real. That's a really difficult bar to get the general public to, to jump over, right? And and again, I just want to say, like, I think such an important lesson for business owners is like, I look at things through the lens of like a fifty to sixty year career. Um, when I make decisions, I make decisions through the lens of decades. Um, you know, when I agree to do something, and you know, Danielle, you and I were just talking about this yesterday. When I agree to do something. I'm not looking looking at it through the lens of, you know, what does this mean next week or next month or next year? I'm looking looking at it through the lens of, you know, am I committed to taking this all the way and and building something over, you know, a 10 or 15 year period? When we took on the advance, I was like, Danielle, we're going to build a global movement and it might take like 10 or 15 years, but it will be the number one, you know, most highly desirable uh, networking community in the world. And like, I have no, I have no doubt about that because the person with the most patience will always be the person that wins. 
every single time. And I think that a huge lesson that I would share that I think will help all of you that are listening today is like the more patience you have, the greater competitive edge you have. Mm -hmm. The less patience you have, the less competitive edge you have. That doesn't mean that you set low goals or that you don't push yourself. I set ridiculous goals. We usually never meet them. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I tend to underestimate. Typically ever agree <laughs> on the numbers, but that's okay. That's part of the brilliance of how we work together. But, but what I would say to everyone listening is like, when you frame things up, you know, I always tell the story of the podcast, you know, when, when you frame things up and you're setting goals through the lens of, you know, five, 10, 15 years, you can be the best in the world at what you do. You can make a hundred million dollars. You can do a nine figure exit. Like all those things that like seem so huge and so crazy and ridiculous when you're playing the long game and you're willing to patiently do something with excellence, you can achieve anything. But if you're the person that, you know, three months in, nine months in, 12 months in is like kicking and screaming and wanting to start something new or different because it's not moving fast enough, you'll lose every time. You'll lose every single time. And so I think it's like, it's really important to understand that distinction. And, and that's why I always say with us, with like splitting out the five companies, it seems like it was like overnight, but it wasn't. It was years and years and years and years in the making. And then it just so happened that everything kind of like crystallized to finally be able to create these distinctions coming into the new year. But that was not a decision that was taken lightly. It was not a decision that was made quickly. It was not something that happened overnight. And I think that's something also to be like really clear about because what the market sees versus what's happening behind the scenes is so different. And people don't realize how much thought and intention and planning and time led up to that thing that they're seeing that's market-facing, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think for us, like you said, it did kind of all just happen at the right time. The coaching company, I think that was always in your mind, but we really didn't have high level leadership until Crystal and the team came in and then they needed time to get in there and do the things and figure stuff out. And so that kind of came, you know, to a point where we're like, okay, around the end of last year, the agency, like I said, it was something that started so um, low stress, low, just in the background, let's just see what we can do. And as it grew over the last year, I mean, it, it did incredibly well last year, just quietly on its own, like very little. I kind of joke with you, like Lynn just kind of did stuff. I barely like returned her calls sometimes. I feel like uh, she was like running it over there. It was just so quietly operating. Um, and that kind of came, you know, towards the end of last year. And then that allowed you to say, okay, we can pull out the personal brand that was always yeah. something that was a focus, but was never really the fullness of kind of what you wanted it to be because yeah. it was so tied to the coaching company. And then right around the same time, in an entirely different way, the advance kind of came into play. So yeah. I'm not sure about that. Cause that was like not a hundred, everything else really was sort of in the long, you know, term vision. Obviously the advance was something you thought was valuable because you did become an investor in it and you did kind of put your brand behind it. But at the end of the day, it was never really in all our discussions, something that was going to kind of come into play. So why don't you share a little bit about that story? Yeah. And you know, I always say that in business, there's art, there's science, and there's intuition, right? Some things that you do in business need to be science-based. You're looking at the numbers, you're looking at the facts, you're looking and assessing data, and you're making you know assumptions, right? 
that helps you with some things. And, and at some points in, in business, that's the right way to assess things. Sometimes there's things that are art, right? Like to me, when I'm creating a program, when I'm designing the name of something, when I'm coming up with a new set of messaging, like that is my art. Like literally that is my art, like from my heart and my soul, like that is me bringing something to the world that I think is going to add value and, and create change and, you know, spark thought. And then there's intuition where it doesn't make sense at all. And it's not necessarily, uh, there's nothing that factually supports this, you know, being the thing to do at the time. Um, you don't know, but you know, right. And like two decisions lately, you know, intuition wise, I'll show, I'll share a couple things. Like we just shut down my TikTok account. And Mm -hmm. I said to Danielle, I said, you know, I've had a whisper and the whisper became a scream. And, you know, before something burns down, we're going to go ahead and shut the TikTok account down because I just am getting an intuitive hit that this is not where I'm meant to be. It's not what I'm supposed to be doing. I just, I don't want to play in that space. It's not for me. And so we shut it down. Could I make a lot more money this year if I left it up and started running ads and started doing, you know, viral videos there? Yep. Mm -hmm. But my intuition strongly told me that's not where I'm supposed to be and I need to get out. And so I listen and I don't have any fact to prove it. Um, everybody else, all the other creators are posting every day about their videos going viral and how much, you know, success and results they're getting from it. We even have clients that are making money off of TikTok. So no judgment to anyone else. I'm just not meant to be there. I don't have all the answers. I'm just, I, I've learned the hard way enough times that when I don't listen to my intuition, I regret it every single time it kicks my freaking, you know what? So. That that was a decision lately. So anyway, you know, when when Laura wanted to step down, um, you know, and came to me and was like, hey, you know, I this is I can't do this. You know, I like I know what the advance needs to go to the next level. I I can't I can't do it. I have, you know, the three kids and you know, I I want to do this other work and you know, this, that, and the other. Um, for me, I was like, okay, I'm not looking to take on another company right now. Okay. Um, I was not looking to take on another company. I was not looking to um, put something new on my plate. Um, it was definitely not what I was looking for. And she was like, you know, I, I think we can easily sell it. Like I have people that would be interested. Do you want to sell? And, you know, I was like, let me, you know, let me think about it. And, you know, I, I sat with it and in my gut, I went back to like the big why of why I invested in the advance in the first place. And then I went back to like, the difference that I wanted to make in the world with the advance and what my intent and intention was when we first started it. And when I thought about that, I realized like I in no way, shape or form fulfilled the, the vision or the reason or the meaning behind, you know, what, why we started. And Danielle, I'll let you talk about, you know, what we're doing with the advance and all that in just a second. So you, you can share all of that, but. Anyway, so it was very inconvenient and it wasn't in the plan and it wasn't what I wanted to do. And I, I, I'm not in a place now with all the things that we're working on. We didn't even talk about Project Disrupt and all the work that's been going on for over a year now with that. And it's not even, you know, we're not even launching to the public yet, but my intuition was just like, Kelly, this is going to be like one of the biggest things you ever do and one of the most important ones. And I was like, what? Like, that doesn't even make sense. Like, and, but like, but I trust it. Mm-hmm. I really do because I've learned that every time I haven't trusted it, I've been wrong, right? And I'm I'm smart enough to know that I don't know at this point. 
And so then, you know, when Danielle and I started putting our heads together on it and I really started thinking about it, I'm like, the advance isn't what we, it, it, the way that it was delivered and, and the way that it was brought to the world didn't actually align with the fulfillment of what my intent was initially. And it was an opportunity to do this like massive relaunch, rebrand, um, and to really establish the culture and the leadership and the delivery uh, of what the my original kind of like intent and passion was, but with even more understanding and awareness of what was needed. I don't feel like, and it's so interesting because I think this is how life happens. I don't even think that I had the awareness when I initially invested in the advance of what the true need was. Mm -hmm. And so like what we're doing now in 2023 with the Innovation Society, like that wouldn't have even been, even if I had had full directive, like creative direction for the brand at that point two years ago, it wouldn't have looked like how it looks today because I think we have so much more, a better understanding of the need and also the way that society has shifted and things have changed in the world and what what the actual uh, burning desire and an urgent need is for people from the sense of, you know, connectivity, disruption, innovation. So everything just happens how it's supposed to. But with the advance, I was like, you know, I don't want to sell because it will never fulfill the vision of the why. And so I was like, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to acquire it. And, um, you know, I was like, I knew I couldn't do it without you, Danielle. Obviously, it was like, there's no way. Um, but when I brought it to you and we started putting our heads together, like I went from like, my intuition is telling me I should do this and I really don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to then, right. like once we started talking about it and once I realized like, holy shit, we're really on to something like this is, this is the why, like, this is the reason I, I, I came full circle on it. And I was like, no, this, this is why I'm being called to do this. This is what I'm meant to do. This is why my intuition is telling me this. So yeah, art, science, and intuition. Today's episode is brought to you by the Advanced Innovation Society, the world's premier networking and collaboration group for thought leaders and industry movers and shakers. If you're looking for an innovative way to create real peer-to-peer -peer relationships where you have the opportunity to share big ideas, to have robust in-depth dialogue, and to innovate and disrupt together, this is your invitation. To learn more about who we are at the Advanced Innovation Society and to see whether it's right for you, simply go to theadvancedsociety.com forward slash join. That's theadvancedsociety.com forward slash join. We'll see you there. Yeah. And I think that's so important to always keep in the back of your mind. I think a lot of people with business tend to fall on the science side. Yeah. I'm really not one of those, uh, the opposite, but you can get lost in some of that sometimes. And yeah. um, it's really important. I would agree. I think we've talked about this multiple times in a lot of different ways, but every time you don't trust your intuition, it does come back to bite you, whether it's with a team member or an opportunity or just a decision you should have made. And so I feel like so much of what we're learning as we grow is just how to listen better to that and how oh to gosh. not be scared of it. And that, you know, we don't know what it's going to look like. So 
Uh, yeah. Amen. You- and, 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 you know, I want to tie that into faith for a second, Danielle, because like, for me, like the last like two, three years, I feel like I've like really deepened and strengthened my faith and I'm, I'm working on it every day. Like I have a long way to go. I like opened the Bible on Monday morning and I was reading it and I was like, I feel like such an idiot right now because I don't even understand what I just read. So I have a long way to go. That said, that said, trusting your intuition is lock and step with faith. Yeah. Because it's not having to have all the answers. And it's so hard for us as business owners because we want the data. We want to, we want everything to be backed up. We want it to be black and white. We want to have proof, right? Proof that it's the right decision, proof that that's what actually happened, proof that, you know, we can see it on paper. And in some instances, that's really important. There are absolutely times where like you better be making decisions based on the numbers. But there's also a lot of elements of business where you have to be able to listen to your gut, your intuition. You have to have faith. So many of the decisions that you need to make as a business owner in order to get to the next level are more like faith and intuition decisions, um, you know, than they are proof and logic decisions. And I think opening yourself up to the possibility that if you're able to strengthen your faith, you will lead better in business. And that's something I'm like actively working on, actively working on, struggling at times, but actively working on. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's such an important thing to know. Like even both you and I, I would say are very vision oriented. We're not, you know, like you said, the operational stuff, we're very much feature, but it's really hard. Um, sometimes I remind myself, like, it's actually not my vision. Like, Sometimes God doesn't give you the full vision and he just gives you like the next right step. And you have to, as, as someone who would sort of pride myself on like, I get the vision, I see the vision, I can come up with the vision. Um, really, when you look at it, like most of the time, it's not a vision. That, you know, it's, it's me just saying, okay, there's this one next step. And I think that's kind of what, you know, God's done in these last couple of years is saying like, here's the next step in, in our minds, maybe there's a vision, but it's probably just a fraction of what it's actually going to be. And we don't know that yet. And it's just that daily next step of like, okay, I'm just going to take this one action and let's hope for the best. (laughs) Like who knows what happens. We're just going to keep following and trusting that in, in the big scheme of things that God will redirect when we're not on the right path and um, that we'll continue to just be brave enough to take the steps, I think is so important because intuition alone without an understanding that there's a bigger plan can kind of leave you feeling like a little crazy, maybe like does nobody, you know, when you have some that intuitive kind of feeling, a lot of times people don't get it. And so it's just sort of like knowing that it's within this bigger plan. So I totally agree. I think that's a huge part of it. And um, definitely, I think probably two years ago, we would have never said, this is what we would be doing exactly like this. You knew like, this is what we want to be, but there was probably not this smorgasbord. I think there's like so many elements of that, but what I've learned and, and also what I've realized like with the coaching company is like, we are committed to excellence and there are not, not everyone is meant to be in a high ticket, high proximity container. And you have to really get hyper vigilant about boundaries because the, the higher your standard for excellence, 
the tighter your container needs to be. And so for us, like a lot of it also is like, there's lots of different ways that you can touch the people in your market, that you can serve the people in your market. And I think understanding that like, not everyone is meant to be building an eight figure company. Not everyone is meant to be building a seven figure company. Like, you know, and, and having different spaces and places for, um, different aspects of your market, I think is, is really, really huge. And especially if you are someone that is running high ticket, you will find like as society has changed. And I can say this because I've been in high ticket coaching now for over a decade. I've seen society completely change in terms of the level of personal responsibility that people have and that they bring to this type of relationship. And not everyone is meant to be in your space in that way. And that's been just a huge learning for me too, is like, we've really put those parameters up as an organization to say like, no, like not everyone is going to belong here. And if you are going to be in this space, like you're going to behave a certain way um, because we're having our people, our team invest their hearts, their souls, their minds, their bodies uh, in, in serving you. And, you know, you need to show up, you know, as such. And I think that's another thing. Like, I just want to put that out there for anyone that's, you know, listening to this, that's doing high ticket, um, your mental health matters and you have to make decisions in how you're structuring things that really allow for that for both you and your team. And that may mean, um, that you are a little stricter in the boundaries that you set around who you have in close proximity to yourself and your team. And that was a definitive decision that, that I made. Um, as well, because, you know, not everyone is going to show up in that way. Um, everyone thinks that they want the outcome, but most people are not committed to the process of creating that outcome. And I think understanding that as a leader is really important. Yeah. And I think that's, that goes, you know, hand in hand with kind of what we wanted to create with the advance is that society did shift and. Um, you know, we talk about it um, like jokingly, but it's actually like a massive problem that um, there just doesn't seem to be as much critical thinking. There doesn't seem to be as much courage to disrupt. And what we see is uh, even with us launching this and some of the other things we've done, immediately people, you know, using the same language, creating the same type of yeah. thing, just sort of falling leader. And what is so frustrating to me about that. Um, you know, certainly you want to learn from people who've been successful. Absolutely. Yeah. There are principles that no matter what your business is, you could be running a construction company or a coaching company and the success principles are going to be the same. And you, everyone needs to learn that from those who have been more successful in that, whatever level you are. So, I'm, you know, I, I believe in mentorship. I believe in coaching. I believe in all those things. But what is very frustrating to me is to see this world of just and, and you started talking about this a couple of years ago with conviction marketing, but it's kind of taken on a whole new level of marketing. This whole world of just I see someone do it and I immediately just kind of recreate, give my spin and hope for the best. And there's no real critical thought. There's no real um leaning into your own strengths. There's no real understanding of your own calling. It's like that person made money doing it, or you think they made money doing it. You might not even know if they made money doing it and you're already copying them. And I'm going to do the same. And I'm going to do the same in a yeah. secondary, in a second rate version of it. And what happens is we just see this world saturated. I'm using quotes there 
with a whole bunch of people doing the same thing and no one's really making an impact. No one's really saying, Hey, this is my gift. This is my experience. This is what I can uniquely bring to the world and how I can solve a problem and fill a gap. They're just looking for the next big thing to try to make some money. And what we wanted to create inside the advance, and, and this has always been the case. I don't think this is a new problem since the beginning of time. This has been a thing. But over the last few years, we've really seen just a decline um, in, in business in general, being willing to courageously step forward and do something new. I mean, the whole world of entrepreneurship was formed on the back of the courage to innovate. It was the courage to disrupt. That is what true entrepreneurs do. And, you know, you want to talk about 2022 being a dumpster fire for business owners. Um, Eight out of 10, I would guess, businesses declined massively last year. You see it everywhere. There's so many people that you're like, what happened to this person? What happened to that person? This person's closing this. This person's laying off their team. This person's pivoting low ticket, you know, whatever. So many businesses just got destroyed in 2022. And it's so interesting because people have pinpointed a hundred reasons why they think this happened. And the real reason why this happened is because of a lack of innovation, because market circumstance and buyer mentality changed and business owners got so comfortable with the easy flow of money and copying one another and following the trends that when things changed, they didn't know how to change. Literally, the the heartbeat of entrepreneurship is innovation and disruption. What is innovation and disruption? It's thinking about new and different ways to add greater value to the market, which allows your business to create distinction by adding value in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. And This is literally the heartbeat of entrepreneurship. It's why we should be going into business. We should be going into business because we believe that we can up-level and impact the industry that we're stepping into by making a greater difference with a better solution that is going to move that market forward. Do we go into business to make money? Yes. Do we go into business to make a difference? Yes. But what is the purpose of a business? The purpose of a business is to solve problems. Most businesses are no longer solving anyone's problems. Most businesses are just a copy, a copycat of something they saw someone else do that's an influencer or that's big in their space. Where, and I say this all the time and I say, please stop copying us. Most of what we're doing is testing. So you're copying something where we're seeing is one out of a hundred things that we're doing and you have no idea. Mm-hmm. Which are the things that are the things that are really elevating and making money? And which are the things that are tests? And I yeah. see this all the time. Like people copy things thinking they're shortcutting the process by stealing someone's idea or just basically doing a copy of what they see someone else doing. And it's like, you have no idea what all of the circumstances relating to that offer or relating to that positioning are that is so unique to that person in their market, which is why it may be working for them and why it's certainly not going to work for you. And so this is like, this is why I said like with the advance, we didn't even realize two years ago how much the urgent 911, nine alarm fire that's going on in the world of entrepreneurship is lack of innovation and businesses are closing every day because of it. And if you don't think that you could easily fall 
trapped to that. You can. The moment that things start working in your business and you get lazy about thinking about how you're going to continue to iterate, do critical thinking and disrupt yourself, you will get disrupted. And I've been talking about this message for I don't even know how many years. The art of reinvention is so, so critical to having success over a long period of time. I truly believe that that is why our brand has been able to keep thriving and keep elevating, keep changing, because we don't wait to get disrupted. We're always iterating. We're always reinventing ourselves. We're always looking at how do we solve problems in a unique and different way. But I think that, you know, looking at the advance, we realize like, holy crap, like businesses are going out of business because they're not critical thinking. Business owners are losing their entire salary because of lack of innovation. Like this is not like a, it's not a surface level problem. It is a make or break. Like if you do not learn how to innovate, if you do not learn how to disrupt yourself, if you do not learn how to borrow established principles and practices from other industries and apply it to your business, you are going to fall into the same trap that millions of other businesses already have, which is why so many business owners are struggling. And so, um, Danielle, do you want to talk a little bit about like kind of conceptually, like what we're doing with the Innovation Society? Yeah. So as we sort of looked at the landscape, and again, it's, what's really cool about this is obviously all these entities came about really differently. And with the advance, what was different about the, with the advance, what was different about that is obviously with Kelly's brand, we were we knew kind of where we wanted that to go. That's been part of the world that we've lived in since the beginning, right? Uh, with the agency, because it grew so small behind the scenes, it was like, okay, let's just sort of see how this evolves. With the advance, it was an acquisition. So we acquired something that had already been created. And we had to sort of figure out this process of like, okay, what do we want to keep? What is here? And and is there anything? And what do we want it to become? And I think at first, you know, we started out, we're like, okay, well, let's just sort of do some small changes that, you know, kind of keep what's there. And when we started looking at the vision, kind of what, again, what you had initially wanted it to, to look like, plus what we knew about the world today and where it was going and how we just saw these trends, we realized, okay, this is something we basically need to, to rebuild. And so it was all three of those companies that are broken out are really quite different in how we did that. And with the advance, um, we kind of came into that acquisition thinking, okay, this is the direction we're going to go. And and as we talked about it, we're like, okay, nope, not at all. <laughs> this is what we're going to do. And so um, there were a couple of things that we knew um, that had to be central as we were doing this. Number one, we know that it's so incredibly important to have a strategic network. Um, obviously, we've talked in the past about how referrals from networks have been so critical in the growth of everything we've done. Uh, but there's sort of this inherent disdain that why that exists. It's because it feels very transactional and it feels very shallow and it feels very slimy. And it, and nobody, I'm, I'm an extreme extrovert and I still don't want to do it um, yeah. because it just feels like, Rose, I'm sorry to all my introvert friends. I don't even know how you handle that. Um, but we knew that it, it's so important. It, anyone who is wildly successful at anything, sports, business, whatever, will tell you that there were connections that they made that opened doors of opportunity that would have never been open to them. And yes, you have to be prepared. And yes, you have to be writing. Yes, you have to show up and, and do the thing. But um, we know that it's important. So that was on the one hand. On the other hand, we knew that there needs to be real discussion about 
how to innovate, how to disrupt, how to not allow yourself to settle, to just fall into the status quo and how to take these business leaders. Cause we, you know, you look at the landscape and it looks like everybody's just copying everybody else, but we, we have a unique set of clients specifically our, you know, high level clients that, that do crave that difference. And we sort of said, you know, there's like this little group, there's this group of people out there and they crave the different disruptive, they, they want to lead in that way. And there just isn't a space for them, right? There isn't a place for them to go to have conversations with other brilliant people that also, you know, kind of feeds into the strategic network they're building. And so that's sort of how the Advanced Innovation Society was born. We said, we know that the most meaningful referrals have come from people we've actually spent time building relationships with, real relationships over dinner, over coffee, over, uh, you know, Zoom meetings and podcasts and 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 no expectation, you know, there's no like, hey, I'm Danielle, this is what I do. Give me a referral. It's It was just over time, an investment in someone else's life and really truly hoping and helping them and, and providing value to them led to significant referral relationships. On the flip side, we knew that there's this craving for meaningful conversations. People felt like, you know what, even when I do go to these events or I'm in these little membership sites that, you know, the online world has... Everything's so surface level and beginner, and there's no real sharpening. There's no real sharpening of your thinking and your skill set. It's just someone telling you, go do this on Instagram or go do this to make more sales. And we know that when you take brilliant people and give them a room to have real conversations where they're facilitating their own critical thinking and growth and ideas, that not only will they become better business leaders, but they will build these relationships that we know lead to this referral. So um, that's kind of where it came from. It was sort of a, you know, where we were very much like, I don't know, like and I, you said, you know, intuitively you knew it was going to work for me. I was like, gosh, I, it sounds great. Like this is exactly what I would want, um, but certainly didn't know how it would land because it's not traditional. It's not a $34 a month membership and it's not, you know, a, a, a networking breakfast down the street, it's sort of this mixture of worlds. And it's amazing that, you know, it attracted such a brilliant people right away. Um, and it was interesting because we did a series of, we had to kind of go through current members and then past members and new, you know, the market. And we, so we, Kelly and I did a series of info sessions and it was just so interesting that the unique responses that's, that's what sort of gave me that like confidence of like, Okay, at first there's some people who are like, oh, I don't know. But then there was just this group of people that was like, yes, like I am craving this. And it was like, okay, the right person's going to get it. And so as we've done this, it's just been really neat to see the way that the, the right people have attached to it and loved it and just dove right in. Yeah. And I think like, you know, just a lesson, you know, for everyone listening, like, you know, we went into this and and like it's very clear if you've watched any of the materials about the advance or if you've like followed anything that we're doing, you can follow Danielle, whatever. Um, it's very clearly like not for the average entrepreneur. Like you'll know right away, like you'll either be like, oh my gosh, I love this, or you'll be like, no. And that's very much by design. And I think that's a lot of what's missing in the market right now is 
everyone's trying so hard to like appeal to everyone that there's no leadership in the messaging and there's no clarity around who you're for and who you're not. Um, you know, I think with the advance, like the reason why we're attracting like ridiculously high caliber business leaders is that they can tell like this is for heavy hitters. This is for people that are real deal that actually have something to say and are doing meaningful work and actually care about excellence and, you know, are, are interested in growth, like not just growth of revenue and growth of income, but like developing their leadership skill set, their ability to innovate as CEOs and to create outcomes for the market. And so you can see a Immediately, like in the caliber of the people, like it's so obvious, like, oh, okay, like this is not a course creators community, right? This is not a group of TikTokers or YouTubers. Like it's just a very different energy. And I said to Danielle when we were doing this, I said, the cultural leadership of us being clear about what this is and what it's not is the most important thing. And I don't care if that slows down the growth or it takes longer to build, I want to be so clear about what this is and what this is not that people come in and it's exactly everything and more for the right person and for the wrong person. It's just something that just gets skipped right over because you know what I've learned is the moment that you start mixing the wrong people uh, into any community... It, it's so distracting and it's such a deterrent for the right people that it's better to have a slower build, but the right people, really high caliber, really clear on what it is um, and really focusing on the experience of everyone in it. And so that's the approach that we're taking. But it is something really innovative and it's very, very different. I mean, there isn't, there isn't any like competitor to the innovation society. It's, it's, it's a category of one uh, by design to solve a unique problem in the market, which is a lack of innovation, which is causing businesses to fail. And it's it's also centered around this idea of connection. And so the other big thing is like so many entrepreneurs are getting out of the business because of burnout and isolation, and they don't have a true peer group. And I also look at it from the standpoint, I think it's so funny how like, Everyone in, in the online business world is always trying to position their product or their service as like, this works and this doesn't work. And let me tell you why this works and this doesn't work. And for me, I feel like being in the business for 10 years and, and having done so many different things, like, um, I, I say this all the time, like it all works, right? Like it all works to a varying Most degree. There's so many situations and circumstances that determine whether or not a particular strategy works in a particular environment for a particular person with a particular offer. There's thousands of nuances that go into whether or not something works. But what I can tell you for sure is like, we wanted the advance also to be complementary to people getting business coaching or being in a business mastermind because it serves a, a very different purpose. And I think that the way I would explain it is in a coaching or mastermind environment, information is very directional. It's an exchange of information uh, on a specific track to get a specific outcome. And the way I would describe the communication and the advances, it's circular. It's about dialogue. It's about robust ideation. It's about conversation. It's very circular in nature and it's very creative in nature about sharing ideas and uh, different variations of ways that you can approach things and opening up conversation in a very different way. And it's not this versus that. It's this and that. And in a coaching environment, I'm not going to host a conversation where we sit around and chat. 
That's not what we're going to do because people are paying to come learn a very specific set of skills. They want coaching, feedback, and direction on the implementation of those skills. And our job is to guide them through producing a specific outcome based on a specific set of vetted tools that we've developed, which is very different than I already have a business. I already have results. I already have clients. And now I'm looking for kind of the innovative approach to mining gold in my own organization through really looking through the lens of how I'm approaching what I'm doing and what's working already to expand and build upon it. Um, And that's why we talk about the idea of like the referrals will come much later and they'll come organically. Uh, We're not leading with the idea of come and get a referral because that's not how this process works. We want mature leaders that understand that relationships take time and are willing to invest in adding value and building relationships and then letting that be the organic outcome of it. And I think that's so key because a lot of times and sort of my, so you, you know, you kind of spoke about the innovation side. I, when we started the agency, actually, I the immediately looked for like some places to to build a network and was just so sad by <laughs> what was there. It's just yeah. such a, I don't know. It just felt so, and again, I love people and I'm an extrovert. So I think what, you know, we realized when we reflected kind of like, you know, where do the best collaborations and partnerships come from is from people that we've spent a long time uh, providing free value to just being friends with. And um, it's so exponentially more what you get on the back end if you're just patient. And if you go into it without this extreme expectation of give me this now, if you go in and just say, you know what, there's 10 people in my group today, and I'm going to become friends with all these people, and I'm going to provide value yeah. to all these people, and I'm going to discuss and and sharpen my skill set and innovate and help them do the same. And in a year from now, these could be my biggest referral partners, or they might be the person who refers me yes. for this new job or whatever it is. Um, I think that view of networking, it's my dream that this would replace everything out there in terms of networking because that's real. I know when I refer people to others, it's it's people that I do feel connected to and have a relationship with and feel confident with. That's my word. I'm sending you to someone. And so I want to be confident that you're going to get a, a great result. And so I just think it's so important to understand that as you seek to grow your network, that there's a long-term play. And that's what, you know, we're, we're trying, we're combining these two worlds. How do you elevate your innovation, your thought leadership? Everyone talks about wanting to be a thought leader and like, nobody wants to actually like need yeah. anything they yes. just want to follow. But then on the flip side, understanding that in providing value and in, in being patient and in really showing up in a way that shows you're there for people, you will build referral partnerships that are so significant and so strong that the the payoff is so exponential. It just takes time. And you go in sort of not with an agenda. You go in to, to build a relationship. So that's what the advance is. It is a new category. Uh, we are absolutely just figuring it out as we go. And it's been really cool, like I said, to see the, the people that it has resonated with and the way um, people are interested in it. And it is application only. That was a decision we made. You know, we knew it would be, we have other offers. We have other things that somebody can just click a button and buy something, right? You know, the inevitable millionaire, you can just join. It's it's less about the community and more about the mentorship with you. Anyone can do that. You could literally be a college student and, and do the inevitable millionaire. But we really wanted to protect the community here. And so we made it application only. And 
I think that it's so important that people understand that what you what you put out in the world and what you settle for is going to be what you get. And so for us, I think the that the agency taught me that, you know, like at the beginning, it was just like, okay, yeah, we'll see us everything. And then you get in there and you're like, okay, this isn't a good idea. And then you start saying no to more and more people. We yeah. only work with founders and speakers and authors who are significantly investing in their personal brand because they understand yeah. the inherent value of it, not because yeah. they want a quick win. And the same thing with the advance, right? Like this is a program that's a hundred percent based on the community. That is the value. You know, I am is mentorship with you. It's just sitting and learning and yeah. doing activities. This is really the people. And so we had to protect it and we had to say, okay, we're not gonna just we could make a lot more money if we just made it a click and join, right? Like absolutely, but we are going to have a bar because we know that the people in there are gonna affect the conversation and the experience for everyone else. And then the other thing we just committed to is the the hybrid version, you know, the virtual and the in-person. We're kind of... We love online. We obviously grow everything online. I will never uh, not be thankful for the amazing tools we have. But we also know that people need people in real life. And there's no relationship that will be stronger than than the ones you build when you're going out to dinner and sitting in the same room. And so that was another big commitment we made with the advance is that it would be multiple, you know, there would be the the virtual version and then the in-person events. We've got three in-person events and, and local meetups that are starting soon. So um, it's just a unique thing. And again, it wasn't part of the plan like two years ago. Yeah. Neither was the advance, neither was the agency or the inevitable millionaire, actually. Yeah. They just were things that kind of happened that we were like, yeah, this, this makes sense for the vision and yeah. let's go. Absolutely. Yeah. So a couple of things. Uh, if you want to check out the advance, we'll put that in the show notes down below, or you can just message Danielle directly just to learn if you think that might add value for you and expand your network in a meaningful way and kind of give you that energy burst that you're looking for. Uh, but hope you all enjoyed the conversation today. So much more to come. Hope you've got some ideas and inspiration on your own journey. Um, remember faith over force and allow your intuition to speak and listen. And it will always, always, always guide you in the right direction. So thanks for tuning in. I'll see you guys back here soon. Thank you so much for listening to The Kelly Roach Show. If you enjoyed this episode, do me two solids. Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review so other people can find the life-changing content that we share here. We're on our way to number one and we need your help getting there. Thanks so much for being a part of the community and for tuning into the show each and every week.